On today's show, we have my dear friend, Mayra Hernandez, who is the author of the book, Aventura Amoritacos. And this book is so amazing. If you have not read it, highly recommend it. I love that I was able to, it helped me appreciate my culture so much more, the language, um, being bicultural and bilingual. Um, I was able to relate to it so much. So I highly recommend that book. Today, she's going to be giving us the things she learned about business while being in El Rancho. So super interesting. Um, cannot wait for you to hear the interview. Welcome to Debt Free Latina, the podcast where you can finally realize your dream of being debt free and feeling peace about your financial future. And now your host, Myra Alejandra Garcia. Hola, hola. Thank you so much for being here. I have a very special guest, so we'll get right into the interview with Mayra Hernandez. She is the author of the book, Aventura Amoritacos. Um, thank you so much for being here, Mayra. Thank you for having me, Mayra. Yay! <laughs> um, I read your book, um... I would say it was the fall of 2019 before the pandemic hit. I loved it. Um, you went back to the motherland, to Mexico, and lived there with your grandparents, correct? Yes, I did. It, it was an adventure, really, of a lifetime. And I'm so glad that, you know, we connected just, you know, um, in Phoenix and we're able to discuss, you know, just both of our passions. Yes. Um, and that's something that we share in common, so... So tell me about your book and where can people find it? Yeah, so um, I wrote this book. It's called Aventura Moritacos. And it was really about um, reconnecting with all the lessons that I learned in the rancho. A lot of my book talks about the life lessons. So like the wisdom of our culture, of our ancestors, tias, tios, abuelos, and all of that. And just how much it can add to your life um, if you're able to learn and implement those lessons, right? So um that's what my book's about. And then in addition to that, just being in Mexico taught me a lot about like the hustle, um, entrepreneurism, and just like working to get to a place that you want. So I saw a lot of innovation. And it's interesting because we don't give it a lot of credit because it's humble uh, beginnings, but the the mindset is there, you know, so it was a really interesting thing for me to be able to connect um, those two things you know, from having that perspective of my book of bridging, you know, both of my cultures to then um, bridging passions and just bridging different ideas that I'm able to reconnect when I'm in Mexico. Yes. So tell me, where were you born and raised? I was born and raised in California. So I am uh, first, well, my siblings were all born here in the U.S. in L.A., uh, born and raised here in a small town called Wilmington. And um, we just grew up going to Mexico. And when I wrote this book, it had been, um, I think, like eight years before I went to Mexico. So there was a lot of stuff that I had forgotten about Mexico and living in the rancho. And I was able to reconnect with that once I traveled back. That's awesome. So one of the things that when we were chatting over breakfast a couple, what, two weeks ago, we were talking about how I love to teach about how it's not just controlling your spending 
It's also opportunities and how can we make more money? How can we have more income come in so that we can attack debt, so that we can build wealth and create generational wealth? And so you were talking to me about business lessons you learned in El Rancho. And so I want you to tell me about, you know, what was your experience there and teach us some of the business lessons from El Rancho. Yes. And I know this is going to spark a lot of conversation between us because we have so many things in common there, but there's a lot of business lessons I learned in the Rancho and it was just a matter of me looking at things from a different perspective, like looking at things in a new light. So um, my very first lesson, um, uh, business lesson from the Rancho um, is really networking. You know, I, um, I feel like I used to think that I didn't know how to network is the thing that I kind of learned in college or like a skill that I had to develop and um, to be a working professional and networking is this like outside concept that I never understood until I joined the professional environment. Right. But the thing I learned about the rancho was that networking is basically you meeting all of your family members, people you've never knew, you know, from different States, like doing all of that is also networking is it is the same skills, you know, when you're talking to a Theo that you've never seen, or, you know, you don't know, you know, personally, but all of a sudden you're having a conversation with them. Those are the same skills that you use in a professional environment. We just don't give it the same kind of credit. Right. So that is one of the things of um, another big example for me was when I was a little kid, I used to, um, whenever we have visita, Uh I would hide like in my room, I was that shy kid, didn't want to say hi to anybody because I didn't know anybody. Um, but my parents would always like force me to come outside, like, veni saluda, um, you know, tenemos visita. And like saying hi to every single person who was coming to visit, um, that is the same thing as like walking into an interview or to a business meeting and having to say hi to everybody, right? So there's like all these little moments of that I'm sure everybody can picture in their life where they've had to use those same skills, we just didn't call it networking because it's in a different cultural context. So I'm curious to know, like, if you've had any of those. Yes. So I was the type that saluda con abrazo y beso. Um, that's how I grew up. You had to go around the room and give everybody a hug and a kiss because that's just the way we were. That's the way my family, you know, expected us to behave and um, say hello. Um, yeah. So that. That's interesting. I think as an extrovert myself, I never really struggled with networking. I feel like I'm comfortable speaking to almost anybody. Um, And I'm not too quick to be intimidated. It takes a lot for me to be like, oh, goodness, I'm nervous to talk to this person. Yeah, that's that's really interesting because I'm people don't believe me, but I'm a total introvert. Like I've learned how to socialize. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. So yeah. tell us, what is um, another skill or business lesson you saw in the rancho? All right. So for number two, what I have is um, what in the business world we would call cold calling. Okay. Right. When you're calling a number, you don't know who you're speaking to at the other end, trying to figure out how to build that conversation. Right. So same thing, similar to networking. Um, I can 
already remember like so many of those times where my parents are talking to like a cousin in Texas or their tia in um, Iowa, or, you know, as, as somebody else in Mexico who I have no clue who they are, but all of a sudden they put me on the phone and they're like, say hi to so-and-so. And, you know, I just remember like being awkwardly on the phone, but somehow we managed to have that conversation, right? That was me as a kid. <laughs> and I think wow. that really taught me a lot of like how to talk to people I don't know, right? Over the phone. Yes. Um, and it's something they have to do in any professional setting, whether you're calling a client or building a relationship or doing something like that on the phone. Like we've done it so many times. Um, and more recently, I spent a lot of time with uh, my grandparents and, I would be the fastest person to get to the phone. So I would always answer it. And whoever it was, I always spent like five, 10 minutes catching up with a Thea who remembers me when I was five years old, but I have no clue who they are or what they look like. Right. So having those connections and just being able to hold that conversation over the phone is something that I also learned, you know, while being in Mexico. Yeah, that's a skill. Because I don't feel like I could do cold calling or like, here, I talk to this person. It's the tia. You know, like, no. <laughs> nope. That's hard. That's a hard skill, regardless. Yes. <laughs> so for lesson number three, I do have another one that's very interesting. Um, this one, I see it all the time in Mexico. And it's what I would call personal branding. So being your own hype person. So... I see this because in Mexico, you don't have a lot of big businesses. You don't have a Target. You don't have a Ross. You don't have like a supermarket. You know, right. it's all small businesses from rancho to rancho, just like selling what they have. But they are their own hype person. Like, um, I just remember um, in my grandparents' rancho, we had like three or four different people selling pan, you know, and everybody has like their announcement on the radio, like, aquí viene el pan, this is the mejor pan, come get this, come get that. And everybody's claiming they have the best one, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I see that all the time of even the names, like um, el mejor pan, whatever, you know, this or that. So people in Mexico really just take ownership of whatever they're doing because they know they're putting their best out there. And whether or not you believe it's the best bond, they, the sellers, believe it's the best bond that they're giving to their customers, you know? Um, yes. So I think that happens all the time um, just with branding. People really put themselves out there and they really believe it. And that was like an awesome thing um, to really see because it kind of gives you that sort of confidence, you know, like if they could do it, And they're selling tortillas or they're selling pan or they're selling vegetables. And if you want to start a small business or do something like that, why not? Right. Like you are going to be your own hype person to really sell yourself for what you're doing. That's wonderful. I feel like I think a lot of us struggle with that. Just owning, you know, who we are and what our best skills are. And wow, that I like that one. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta it's, definitely it's have to so work on that one. <laughs> we like, can all learn from it. And it's it's cool to see like um small businesses in Mexico like really go out there and, and get get their hustle on, you know? Yes. Wow. Okay, great. Any other lessons? Um, so another one I have, this one is really interesting because I, I feel like I hear it a lot, is um this is the fourth one, multiple streams of income. 
right? So you hear it a lot in the US. That's how you kind of build wealth. You don't want to rely on one specific income. And we almost want to attribute it to like um, social media. And like we learned this on social media, like multiple streams of income, have a side hustle, do this and do that. Um, but when I like actually looked at it, I feel like it's something that I've learned in Mexico um, from just watching my own family and people who live in the rancho have multiple streams of income. So one example I have is my grandparents, like back when they were, you know, young and in their, in their moment, they had a store, they had a little tiendita. So that was one stream of income. Mm -hmm. My grandpa also raised livestock. He raised pigs. So that was another stream of income. Mm -hmm. Um, He also grew agriculture, you know, they grew corn, they grew um, alfalfa, you know, for the animals and, Um, all of that. So that was another stream of income. Right. And I'm sure there was a little bit more hustle there and, you know, and around that I don't know of, but at the very least they had those three major ones, you know, and I think about it now. And so many people have different side hustles. Like I think of uh, my tío and my tía, they have a store. Um, Outside of that, my tía sells like catalog stuff. So perfumes and clothing, you know, from a catalog. Um, She sells tamales on the weekends. You know, she does like anything to really amplify that income that she's receiving. So I see it a lot. You know, people do it all the time. It's just a matter of like, what are you good at? And what can you make money at? Because this is something people have been doing all the time. Yes. Wow. I never thought of that because like if let's say the crops, you know, sometimes don't work, then you have other sources of income that can support you still. That's wonderful. I love that. Okay. Tell me more. (laughs) Um, Another one I would say is um, I think this is an important one, especially if you want to be a business owner is get to know your customer. Right. I feel like in a place where you have a lot of big business, um, it just seems very transactional of like you go to Target, you buy something. You don't know anybody who works at Target unless, you know, you happen to run into them. Um, But in Mexico, what I realized was that people really make an effort to get to know you as a person. So like the small business um, feel. So a couple of examples I have here is um, the there is. Out of the four trucks of pan, you know, that came by every day, there is one that I really love, the conchas, you know, another one had really good bolillo, the other one had very good something else, you know, but the one from the conchas, what I really appreciated about her was that every time I bought bread, she like actually had a conversation with me, even if it was two to three minutes, right? So I've been to Mexico like five, maybe six times in the last few years And every time she's like, oh, you're back. How are your grandparents doing? How is this? You know, how is that? Um, And she remembers that I'm there visiting, right? And she remembers, um, she remembers my grandpa's favorite bread, right? So there's like these little details that she remembered and that makes the experience so much better. And something that's really about the small business to really get to know your customer. Ooh, I like that. So really just getting to know the person, right? That's wonderful. Okay. Um, Tying it close to that is um, also meet your customers where they're at, right? So like know who you're selling to and what you're selling and and all of that. So really knowing your customer, right? Um, And part of the reason I bring this up is because um, 
different sets of people are going to require different things and how you deliver that to them. So for example, um, in the rancho, food gets delivered all day, every day. The tortillas come in the morning, they come in a motorcycle, um, the gas gets delivered, vegetables, even the carnicero rolls by, you know, with meat in his little cooler. Um, the pan comes by every single night. And that's partly because people in the rancho don't have a lot, right? A lot of them don't have cars. A lot of people, like my grandparents, um, they didn't have ability to go places. They were homebound. So if you meet your customers where they're at, that's kind of where you're able to make um, the service of whatever you're offering, right? In the case of the rancho, it was very much like meet people at their door because they don't have cars and they don't have the means to go to the store and do that, right? Um, so similarly, so there's like places where I think in the modern times is where do your customers hang out? Um, how do they speak? You know, how are they receiving your services? Like there's a lot of different details that you can think about that can actually get you closer to that customer to really get to know them and then meet them exactly where they're at. I think that's really good. And I, I've learned that I've had to describe who my customer is, who my ideal client is and understanding how they are, you know, how they speak, how like that goes into the whole like understanding where they're at, how they shop, how they, you know, whether they have transportation or not. I can see that being really meaningful. Exactly. That's so good. Yeah. Because if not, your business won't work, you know, as great as you want it to. That's the thing. Yes. Um, and that's something that I really learned is meet your customer where they're at. Um, another thing is everyone does it different. So do it anyway. So going back to the example of the pond, you know, there's four different bonds, but in that sense, like every single truck has something that they did really well. So some nights I would buy pan from two trucks because somebody had the good concha, the other person had um, the good bolillo, right? So it's like mm. different things that you want, you're going to prefer from different people because everybody has their unique way of serving their customers, doing a specific thing, um, the flavoring, everybody just has different tastes. Um, so that's the thing. I think what I see all the time is that people are always hustling. And what I see in Mexico all the time is that people are always helping each other out because they know their neighbors and their business, you know, their business neighbors. So if you go to a mercado, if they don't have, have something, they'll say like, oh, homie over here has that. Maybe you should ask him across the way. You know, so people are always helping each other in that sense. Um, and that's just kind of how like a community thrives. It's never a competition. Yes. Um, it's just people have different tastes and people recognize that. So really acknowledging and supporting each other in that way is a good thing. And I think I see that all the time in Mexico. Community over competition. I love it. Yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of the people around us have tried to cultivate. Like I know that Sonia from Mujeron has, you know, really done that. I know that um, Eliana. Eliana has done that with Latina Soup Brunch. Um, we've been surrounded and lucky to be around these women that have built communities and have really supported, you know, just each other and have been really open about, you know, if you have something to share, like let us know and we'll put it on our, so on our social media as well. And um, 
That's been really, I think that's what really attracted me to them when mm-hmm. I first got to Phoenix and I started hearing about them. Um, not when I first got to Phoenix, but when I first started here in Phoenix, going around to the different, you know, community groups and, and really seeing that they follow, you know, they, they really do what they say they're, they're going to do. And I know I've reached out to Sonia a couple of times, like, Hey, can you share this? And, you know, it's, it's great to have that support from your community. I think that's, that's really great, especially because I know that there are, um, several women in the financial world that are Latinas and are um, speaking about money to the public. And, and we all have our own ideas and processes and we've all done it differently, right? We've all Mm -hmm. achieved some sort of success, right? With when it comes to money and money management, but we've all have had our own process. And I think that's what makes it really nice that, you can get different perspectives because, I mean, personal finance is personal and everybody has their own priorities. Yeah, exactly. Bueno, are there any other life lessons, business lessons? Yes, I have one final one. And I think this is one that kind of wraps it up in a bow. So we're talking about like business lessons and the hustle. But I think one that's really important is um, taking a break. And I saw this all the time in Mexico because people appreciate their downtime, you know, and no matter who had a business, like I remember going into town and I was at a CVED ones, which is, you know, the cyber cafe. Mm-hmm. Um, and here I was thinking, oh, I have to work through like five Um, I'll get home and then, you know, eat then. But the thing is, people in Mexico eat lunch usually around three. And around like 2.50, the owner was like, hey, like, ya vas a terminar? Are you going to finish soon? Because um, what people do is they close down and then they actually go home for a home-cooked meal, you know. And I think that's an important thing of acknowledging a break and actually taking it fully. I think right now, you know, with work from home and being able to do all of that, how often I know I've done it, like sat on a computer, had my lunch while working, you know, it's kind of very mindless. Whereas Mm -hmm. in Mexico, they're very intentional. The town's kind of shut down, you go home and eat, and then the businesses open up again in the evening. Right. So there's something very intentional about like taking a break, um, reposando to just like rest, you know, and enjoy the rest and not just like, you know, take a break for the sake of taking one, but, you know, actually enjoying and being fully in the moment. I think something that I, that's something that I really appreciated for Mexico is, is like really acknowledging that hard work. Um, and I think what I saw a lot was people eating in community, you know, like sharing your lunch with somebody and doing something like that. Um, so something I haven't mentioned is my grandparents, they actually passed and we went to go buy their tomb. And I remember seeing like all the guys, they were all working on different, you know, um, forgot what they call them, but you know, the, the actual tumbas, cause they're very like over the top in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I think we got there around lunchtime. And when it was lunch, they all stopped working. They brought out their tortas and they all sat together and they all ate, you know, like it's just a community thing to really enjoy Um, that time off, enjoy your food and enjoy the company that you have it with. 
That's so awesome. I I am guilty of eating at my desk. And, you know, since COVID, I feel like I have taken breaks. I have said, you know, I'm going to take a full hour, you know, to step away and be away from the computer. But that's not the norm. I feel like I'd rather just power through and and be done with my day job, you know, and and then do my business stuff. But it's it's something I have to think about because I do need to prioritize that. And yeah. taking the break in the middle of the day would be very refreshing. Mhm. Yeah. I I I can attest to that because I know I was the same way. There I mean, we've been in the pandemic for so long that there was periods where I would eat lunch at my desk, you know. And there was a very intentional few weeks where I was like, no, I'm going to cook, you know, and with cooking in my lunchtime, it made me feel really accomplished because now I had meals for more than one day, you know, and that was really refreshing of like not feeling that hurry to like get through the day, you know, and I think I really appreciated that, but it was very, it had to be very intentional. I don't think American culture, like these things don't naturally happen all the time in American culture where it's like competition, your individual self, you're this or you're that. But I think what I appreciate is that I also come from a culture that is very community-based and it's very um, people-based. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what I love about, you know, kind of bridging the gap between these two. I love it. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for that, Maida. I love it. And I want, where can people find you? I am in um, Instagram. So aventura.amor.tacos is my handle for Instagram. Um, and if anybody wanted to look up the book, it's on Amazon. So um, that is that. I tend to write blogs, you know, about all of these different perspectives that, you know, just little lessons that come to me and little ideas because I like to look um, at life through the lens of a bicultural experience. I think earlier in my times, I used to look at it as very American or very Mexican. And now I try to bridge the gap between the two. Yes, I love it. And I, as a bilingual and bicultural person, I appreciate that because there's not a lot of people that are embracing both. You know, we, we don't fit in 100% American. Like we're not, you know, ni de aquí ni de allá. Because when we're in Mexico, it's like, oh, tú eres del otro lado. Or eres del norte. And, you know, you don't fit there either. You're like, you know. So it's just, it's really nice to see how the two can merge. And how we can learn from both. And and it's beautiful. Yeah. That's what I love about it. I mean, we get to be both. That's right. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and for you coming on the show and telling us all about the business lessons that you learned in El Rancho. Thank you so much for having me. I hope that everybody gets, you know, something they could take away from this. Yes. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Debt Free Latina. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you can take Myra with you on your journey to become debt-free as you build financial wealth. Looking for more? Follow Myra on Instagram at debtfree.latina, Facebook 
at Debt Free Latina and online at DebtFreeLatina.com. <laughs>